This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Raw Reaction Show. Joining you after the rawest of wins against Luton Town in the Premier League. Uh, Arsenal 4, Luton Town nil. Amazing scenes at Kenilworth Road last night. It was an absolute honour to be there. Oh, <laughs> but I am relieved. Very Very relieved indeed. Good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for joining me. It is very much appreciated. Let's jump into the chat box. As a lot of you are doing, calf. I can already see Streamyarders mugs. Everyone off. How very dare they on a day like today. Uh, But Martin, Sabre, Rob, Temi, good morning to you guys. Oh, Dave, Luke, Jimbo, Amira. We've got Black Shine World Citizen, Paul. We've got uh, Rob. We've got Jimbo, Lars. We've got Sean. Uh, we've got Martin, we've got Rowan, Answer, we've got Angela and Stephen and John, we've got uh, Rob, Bob, Carl, Matt G, uh, Marcus, all the usual faces. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It is very much uh, appreciated. Thank you uh, to everyone that continues to tune in. It means a hell of a lot. Um, so thank you to everybody. Um, and uh, yeah, unbelievable scenes. <laughs> Just... Oh, I was. I've never. I've never felt so close to it. Just like, yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, oh, it's going to be so painful having to talk about the fact that we didn't beat Luton Town. That that was what I thought about at the final whistle. Is that I've got a whole week now, a whole season of thinking. Oh, we didn't beat Luton Town, and uh, it's just going to come back to bite us. And it was real relief. It was obvious joy, but there was so much. So much relief um, at that final whistle with the last kick of the game going in our favour. We're going to talk a lot about everything. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. No, we're not going to talk about Lee Judges. <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> just, just so excited to uh, to discuss this with you all and uh, hopefully 
Um, we can all come to a good consensus on why yesterday was just so good. So let's do that, shall we? Um, right. Uh, Arsenal win late once again uh, with the crucial goals from summer signings. Um, Arsenal for Luton Town three. Uh, <laughs> and it is the, the summer signings, the goals as well. Kai Havertz, of course, scoring. Declan Rice with the winner. Um, Gabby Jesus, Gabby Martinelli with the opening goals. We're going to talk about all of them in, in a lot more detail and, and the three goals that we conceded as well. Tell you what, that shirt's growing on me a little bit. <laughs> that shirt, oh, it looks quite good. It looks quite good at full time, that shirt. Um, I've never said a bad word about it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's growing on me. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli in the right place at the right time. Uh, Arsenal getting the lead after a really poor back pass. Um, I think it was Bell um, that did it uh, at the back. And the quickness of thought from Gary Jesus to, to run in behind and then Saka to obviously catch them off guard. Martinelli in the right place to, to get into the ozone, as we've described it, uh, with a fantastic finish onto the left-hand side. Really, really solid finish, really good move, but it was fortuitous and Arsenal have got to take those chances, got to take those gifts when they arrive at our feet. So, yeah, very happy with that. Um, we obviously conceded um, from a, a header from a corner, which we'll talk about, I think, more so when we get to talking about Rail, we'll talk about the goals that we conceded. But before that, let's talk about more of our goals. Gabriel Jesus involved in three of them um, and scoring one shushing the doubters and quite rightly shushing the doubters as well because what we've come to expect from Gabby Jesus is a response you know i think response is the is the right word is that he continues to play to apply himself in in the proper way continues to to chip away at all of his critics um and i was one of those critics after the game against Wolves, where he didn't have the best of performances, naturally. Um, and I think that when he has these types of displays, especially away from home, you know, it's sometimes it's a lot easier in the comfort of your own environment, the Emirates, to have good performances. But once again, away from home, and Jesus does pop up in big moments away from home. I remember Anfield last season, you know. Um, three goals, the first one with the throw-in, the second one he obviously scores, a fantastic leap and header. He hangs in the air for such an incredible amount of time before actually heading down uh, into the net. And then obviously the assists for Kai Havertz. Uh, I haven't even checked my fantasy team now, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> but I'm sure that, uh, that's my opening YouTube, for goodness sake. Um, but uh, I'm sure that uh, yeah, I, I I took out Odegaard and I put Trossard in for some reason. Um, it, it nearly worked for me last week. But uh, it was a game in which, obviously, I think Arsenal will be very happy they, happy they had the number nine that they had uh, in the end and can be very, very pleased um, that Jesus' performances uh, and performance on the night proved really, really important. And I think, you know, his critics that are desperately clamouring for us to sign a number nine aren't so loud today. Let's talk about the conceded goals because obviously Arsenal conceded three before they scored their next. The first one I can forgive It's uh, in terms of the goalkeeping. You know, defensively, we need to defend that corner better. We need to um, get in front of the, the, the goal scorer completely free. I think Martinelli is that loses them. Um, maybe we need to sort out who's marking who a little bit more astutely uh, from those corners because Martinelli really lost um, Osho, I think it was, with the first goal, Gabriel Osho. And it's completely out of David Raya's reach uh, in that position. But the second goal, 
You know, we talk about and have praised him and I praised him for the performance against Wolves. I thought he was one of our better players against Wolves, David Rea, and certainly showcased his, his better talents. Um, but you have to be stronger there. Your defenders have to be better. Declan Rice, I think, is, is a bit of fault as well. Um, if you're going to come, you've got to get it. You know, it's as simple as that for a goalkeeper at a corner. If you are going to come and get the ball, you have to get it. Otherwise, you are the one that is going to be blamed. The third goal is not good. Um, Ross Barkley striking the ball low. You know, it's yes, it's a very low drive and the keeper's got to get down. But, you know, I th and I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, well, I think Ramsdale saves that because, you know, we've seen Ramsdale make mistakes. Let's be very honest about this. Ramsdale has made mistakes. But the only reason that we're having this discussion about goalkeepers is because of the situation that we have. And I can't help but I can't help but be frustrated at it being of our own doing. You know, it's I feel like if David Raya had replaced Ramsdale and Ramsdale had left, you know, maybe it would be less pressure and there'd be less expectation and be less mistakes. But it's it's entirely a it's entirely a situation of Arteta's own making. And uh, yeah, really, really not the best performance. Probably our lowest uh, scoring player on the night in terms of if you were doing player ratings. But let's let's not focus in on that maybe until someone asks me a question in part two. Let's focus in on the good stuff. And Kai Havertz pops up almost immediately after Arsenal concede their third goal with yet another strike of his own. That's three goals and three starts, by the way, for Kai Havertz. I, I, I am going to wait. I'm going to be patient until the end of the season before we do some naming and shaming uh, <laughs> of Kai Havertz's biggest critics from our chat boxes. Um, but I said people were brave. I said you were brave. I said you were really, really brave to have your judgments made up, to have your conclusions made up. I said you're allowed to be concerned. I had my concerns. I told people you can have concerns about this, but do not write Kai Havertz off this early. Do not write off Havertz at this moment in time. You just can't. You just cannot write the guy off. You cannot write a signing off that early. It's too too early in a player's career at a club to say he's not good enough or he needs to be sold. Where are those people saying he needs to be sold now? Where are you? As Delia Smith might say. Where are you? I'm asking the question. Because goodness me, Kai Havertz is having a massive impact on this season. Massive at Brentford. And now massive in this game as well, getting the equaliser, building that foundation. And to be fair, to be fair, you know, Kai Havertz has completely changed the perspective as much as, you know, I think more than anyone else. KL says you were one of them. Trust me, mate. If you can go back and find a show where I said he should be sold. If you can go back and find a show where I said, he is bad and he's terrible, as so many commenters were. Feel free, KL. I challenge you to go and do that and you will come up short. I said people could be concerned. I said I was concerned. I raised my concerns. You know, I raised those for sure. And I said, oh, it's difficult when you're seeing Madison do so well and you're seeing Zoboslai do so well. It's difficult. You know, Arsenal have had a situation where they've invested in a project where maybe things are on the up. We can have concerns. But I tell you what, I was never one of those people that said he wasn't good enough. I was never one of those people that made conclusions in November. I was never one of those people that abused him. I was never, ever one of those people that have made themselves look so silly. But you look silly, and it's brilliant. And I'm loving every second of it. 
I'm loving every second of it. Same amount of goals as James Madison now in the Premier League, of course. And you know what? One of the biggest, biggest traits, one of the best traits a player can have, one of the best abilities is availability. And there is one player that's available right now and catching up in goals across the season. And there's one player that is not available and has a significant history of injuries and it is coming back to haunt them. But Havertz scores, fantastic movement, right place, right time. I had a chat with Edu after the game off the records um, in the mix zone and he's delighted, um, it's fair to say. And we, we didn't even talk about the goal. You know, me and, and Simon Collins and even standing, standard there, sorry, um, had a chat about um, his movement and the things that we, are, we aren't focusing on, the things that don't get the headlines. We always talk about the goals. We always talk about the assists. But I say go back and watch Gabriel Jesus' goal. Go back and get go and uh, and watch Jesus's goal, and go and watch where Havertz is, and watch where Havertz moves, and watch what Havertz does, and that's the type of thing that people miss. I think I missed it until I had a second or third viewing of it, but go back and watch that moment, and go back and look at the goals that we've scored this season where Havertz is playing, and go and watch what Havertz does when we score goals. His movement is so important, so key. His intelligence is so high. It's like he just gets it. He just knows he's got a footballing brain. And uh, and that's certainly really, really needed for Arsenal this season. All right, let's uh, jump to, to, the, <laughs> to the main moment. The main moment. Declan Rice does it all over again. Declan Rice has proven to be... Declan Rice has proven to be a humongous... Signing for Arsenal Football Club. £100 million, bargain. Bargain. Bargain in a century. West Ham, you were mugged. We mugged off West Ham with that signing. They were saying, oh, look, we've taken Arsenal for a ride. We've made Arsenal pay £100 million. Made us. Made us. I would have spent £200 million on this guy. Because that's what he's probably worth. <laughs> He is the best centre midfielder in the Premier League. He is the most influential centre midfielder in the Premier League this season by a distance. And whilst Rodri is getting sent off and getting suspended with a number of yellow cards is getting, so he won't be available for their game against Aston Villa this week, Declan Rice is popping up with 90th minute goals against Manchester United and now away at Luton when he really needed to after another storming performance as well. Oh, what a bargain. What a bargain. Declan Rice has been so joyful after the game. Still haven't spoken to him. I'm fuming about that. <laughs> Still haven't managed to catch him in a mix zone. You'd think that he would after this, but to be fair to the guy, he's done all of the TV interviews as well. So uh, he had to rush off, as he told me, after the game. But um, oh, just, yeah, this comment from Nathan is so spot on. This guy just doesn't have bad games. He just doesn't have bad games. I can't think of his worst performance. The only thing, the only, the only game that I can think of that maybe he wasn't on it completely was the away match against Lawns. That's the only game I can really think of that maybe he didn't stand out. And he wasn't bad in that game. He just didn't stand out. Um, and to be fair, it's getting to a point where sometimes he doesn't stand out because he's just so good so often that it, it, it means that you only notice him if he isn't doing something. And that's very, very rare. He has completely em embraced the Arsenal culture. He's completely embraced the Arsenal philosophy. He's become a better player. Credit to Mikel Arteta. If you want to see a player taken to another level in such a short space of time because of just world-class coaching, 
look at Declan Rice and look at what Mikel Arteta has done with Declan Rice. He was doing great things, top, top, top things at West Ham. Don't take that away from him. But he just he just is. He just is a better player under Arteta. He's doing better things. He's becoming more influential. He wasn't scoring these goals, you know, at West Ham. That's against Manchester United. He scored now. He scored, obviously, at Luton. He's taking shots from range. He is becoming a better player. And uh, and we are enjoying all of the fruits of the labour of getting that deal done to the nth degree. Utterly fantastic. Brilliant. Delightful. Dericeful. <laughs> and Arsenal just don't die. Like We just don't die, do we? We really, we really just keep going. And there isn't any end to what Arsenal do. I, I saw a great tweet. I think it's from Andrew. Um, and by the way, a massive congratulations to Andrew and James and everybody involved uh, at Arse Blog uh, for their uh, their winning awards at the uh, was it the uh, the fans? Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Yeah, Club Podcast of the Year at the Football Supporters Association. Massive congratulations to Andrew and Arse Blog on that award. Well deserved. Um, Brilliant bunch of, of people over there at Ask Blog doing some fantastic things in the men's and the women's game. Um, let me find the tweet. Where is it? Here it is. Uh, not quite sure what to say. Conceded sloppy goals and could have dropped points today. But when a team scores late goals to win games as often as we do, it's not a fluke. The ability to keep going and to grind it out on days don't play well, on days we don't play well, uh, is invaluable. And it's true. You know, once can be a fit fluky. Twice can be, wow, this is a bit lucky. Three times, four times, five times, keep going, keep going. It's not flukes. It's not luck. It is There is luck, sure. Okay, it's a bit of luck. And teams sometimes need luck. And you need a bit of luck to win a title as well. But let's be very, very, very clear, shall we? That this isn't a fluke that Arsenal keeps scoring late. It's not a fluke. I think there are, there are times when teams can be a bit lucky. And I labelled Spurs as the luckiest team in the Premier League earlier this season. And I stand by that with some of the things that they've experienced. But in the case of Arsenal, I think it's different. And it's different because it's derived by character. It's derived by design. It's derived by tweaks and changes to tactical systems. Arsenal changed the way that they play when they go up against teams that are going to defend deep. And by the end of the game, you know, the game was open. And that's why Arsenal scored four goals, because Luton attacked us. Luton attacked us more than I think people thought they were going to. And that opened the game up. And that's why we conceded goals. And that's why we scored goals. But at the end of the game, Luton did revert. Luton did sit deep. Luton did go back to what we expected them to do for the majority of the game, which was to hold out, to play more frustratingly. And when a team does that, you've got to find a different way to win. And we have become so much better at getting the balls into the box, into those right areas, getting the ball into the areas in which we are going to be most threatening. Martin Odegaard, I didn't think had like an amazing game. I thought he was good. I didn't think he was bad. I thought he was good. Some of his movements, some of his trickery and skills, some of his passing was excellent. His tackling was good at times as well. But it doesn't matter overall when your delivery, when you can produce a moment that he produced with the cross that he produced yesterday and then get that moment to score. It's not fluky. It is ability. It is determination. And it is a never-say-die attitude. Ben White was doing the post-match interview after the game and uh, in his most enthusiastic tones, as he does, um, talked about that. And there is a never-say-die never attitude about this team. There is a constant belief that they will that they will win. And the thing is, when you do that over and over and over again, 
Let's see what I did there. Um, when you do that so many times, it becomes part of your footballing DNA. It becomes part of your strategy. It becomes part of your just everything, your makeup, that you can just keep doing that. When you screw it one off and you get a, a late goal once every six months or once every few months, you know, um, it is more to do with luck. It is to do more with fortune and, you know, just trying to get there. But when it happens so often, yes, there should be question marks about why it gets to that point so often for sure. But, you know, you can't you can't take away from the fact that it's to do with the character and it's to do with the consistency. Other than the Raya thing, there was a one other very annoying situation. My goodness me, the officials are boring, aren't they? Right, little fun suckers. Oh, celebrating a 97th minute winner. No, thank you. Don't want that. Yellow card. You can miss out on the next game. Sorry, sir. How pathetic. How pathetic. As if you're booking Mikel Arteta for celebrating. There's been no images or videos really like detailing what he is. I've only seen this photo. I've seen like a six-second clip of Arteta, Arteta celebrating. I, I don't know if anyone's seen any more. If you have, please do send me the link of where we can see more. But if he went on to the... Like, just have some common sense. Like, have some common sense. Like, he didn't do a... He didn't do a Jurgen Klopp where he runs up to Alisson, right? You know, if he went onto the pitch, like, by a few yards or whatever, like, you, you have to have the common sense and the understanding to, to take into account the, um, the, the situation and the emotion. It's just so gutting that this is where football's got to, is that not only does VAR take away the sanctity of a goal, that fans in stadiums have to now second-guess their own celebrations to know whether or not it was offside... I celebrated in that press box with just with a really solid fist pump. I saw a question from Dara actually in the chat saying, Tom, um, there must have been more than a fist pump in the press box yesterday. It wasn't Villa levels. You know, I've definitely curbed it down a bit more. There was certainly a solid um, <laughs> fist pump when we scored. But my first fear after that was what I've, I've turned, turned to John Cross and I was like, is, it, is he onside? Just constantly, is he onside? Have you seen it? Because I didn't have a TV in front of me the whole game. Is he onside? That's my first thought. That was my first feeling. Um, and uh, I just couldn't help but be worried that it was going to be offside. And it, the officials just take away so much emotion. They take away so much of this game from us now. You can't celebrate. You can't enjoy yourselves. Oh, 97th minute winner. Shame. Yellow card is a suspension. Bore off. I mean, it's, it's so pathetic. Um, Takira Tomiyasu's injury is obviously the last thing I want to talk about before we go to part two. Again, sorry to end the first part on a bit of a downer. Uh, but Mikel Arteta said that he is out for a period of time. Um, really, really frustrating um, news on, on Takira Tomiyasu. I'll get the, the exact quote. He said, we had a scan and it's not good news. He's got an injury in his calf and he's going to be out for a while. We don't know exactly. I don't know if that's weeks. I don't know if that's months. It is what it is. Um, it's frustrating. I think that this could have an impact on January. Arsenal being keen on a defender anyway, to my understanding. So uh, expect this to to change. Um, I would expect this to maybe change Arsenal's tax. I hope it doesn't affect our ability to go and get uh, a midfielder. But I would be very, very surprised if Arsenal aren't very keen on trying to bring in a, a defender now in, in January. I expect him to be back by you know, probably the end of January, unless things change, really. Um, if it's a calf issue, usually it's like we're talking weeks rather than months. 
Um, but I think that it's important that Arsenal address this in the market. Um, because you need to make sure that you get good deals in January and they're really, really difficult to do. We know that. We know that January is a really difficult window to get good deals done in. All right, let's move to part two. And your questions right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's go to part two. And your questions. Uh, We're going to jump into the chat box. We're going to tackle some of your thoughts, your theories, your queries. And, uh, of course, you can also get tickets for our live event. If you like what we do and you live or are able to get to London on February 22nd and you want to see me and a cast of amazing guests talk about Arsenal, maybe even more clear, maybe talking about what we did in January, um, hopefully have made world-class signings. If you want to see some of that, if you want to meet some of the people that join us every single week in our chat box, put some faces to names, make some friends for life, and come along to our live event on February 22nd. Link for tickets is down in the description, or you can just type in the Gunatul Live and go to the Eventbrite website um, and uh, get tickets for our event on the 22nd of uh, February. Uh, Jim Hurst says, you're not always right, Tom. You know, you can sit and you can listen to a show in which I talk about the brilliance of Arsenal. Arsenal are great, score great goals, have a fantastic win. I'm going to contribute this. <laughs> This is my contribution to the show. Oh, Jim, I feel for you. Um, Praktika says, uh, how much would you bet that they punish Arteta with a one-match ban and he misses Liverpool after missing Villa with his yellow? Oh, it's almost guaranteed, isn't it? He's going to get that charge for that that chaos. Uh, he's going to miss He's going to miss loads of games. I think they're going to ban him to the end of the season. How dare you celebrate? How dare you enjoy your team winning in the 97th minute? How very dare you? Goodness me, what is this? Football? What is this? Life? What is this? Fun? It's not It's not fair. We should stamp this out. Stamp this out. Martin says, uh, we're now down to the bare bones defensively. You already have Timber, Gabriel, Saliba, White, Kivio, Zinchenko, and Tomiyasu, and Cedric, uh, two of which are injured, so we have to play four of the five every game or risk playing Cedric. Um, yeah, it's worrying, isn't it? It's really, really worrying. Uh, we're very short. That's why I've been saying that I think people talk about strikers. No, we're not We're not short in the attacking area. We've got four options at centre-forward. We've got Jesus, Nketiah, Havertz, Trossard can all play centre-forward. We need midfielders and defenders, guys. You know, that's that's the key areas that we need to add depth to. So let's hope that we do do that. Um, Jay says, who do you think is the best replacement for Tommy Asu at this point? I mean, replacement? I mean, Ben White didn't have a great performance yesterday. He had a, a really good assist, of course, for Jesus' goal. But outside of that, 
defensively, I think he was a bit culpable. Um, and I think we're going to miss Tommy Asu. But Ben White just needs to find his rhythm again, back get back into starting games again. And hopefully we do get that back. Um, the process is how much uh, effect do you think Arteta's suspension will have on the team? In the weekend, last time he was suspended, we gave City a run for the money. Yeah, look, I, I think that Arteta is influential on the side of the field. I think that he makes a difference on the side of the field. But I do think that uh, um, there will be a difference of him not there. But uh, that, that you're great at pointing out that Man City performance was very good. But we did make mistakes in that game. And so because of that, uh, you can't help but not think there may be something that goes a little awry. Hopefully it doesn't. But uh, I think it'd be naive to say that it, it won't have any impact at all. Uh, Marcus says, uh, is the Rice winner going to be reenacted at the live show, i.e. move one way and then back <laughs> and bag a goal? Marcus is desperate for us to reenact some kind of goal at this live event. Maybe we'll make it happen. Uh, Rich says, hi, Tom. I'm a bit negative, but on Raya's recent performances and mistakes, do you see Ramsdale coming back in or do you think that Arteta has made Raya his number one no matter what? I think the latter is, is probably the case. I think Raya is the number one or will carry on as number one. It's also worth remembering that Ramsdale, of course, did make mistakes in the last time that we saw him play as well. He'll get a chance, I think, to play against PSV. Maybe that'll be a chance for him to stake his claim. But Aston Villa, I'd be fully expecting uh, David Rea to come in for the game against Villa this weekend. Uh, Bulgarian Gunnar says, fully expected to go uh, go into the fullback market. Who would you like us to go for? It's difficult, isn't it? I, I think I'm going to have to do a little bit of digging on fullbacks and what we want. You know, I know that Arsenal have had an interest previously in Jeremy Frimpong, but I think that'd be a very difficult deal to do in January. He's not also the type of fullback that we've typically gone for. We've played players like Mohamed Simakan on our radar for quite some time. Nick Ames reported that initially in the summer. So who knows if Arsenal will go back in for somebody else. Uh, Dara says, I'm in Dublin airport with a pint in my hand, enjoying the live show. Uh, is it true that West Ham are putting in a complaint against Arsenal for only paying £105 million for Declan Rice? What a bargain, indeed. Um, Aaron says, do you think that fans should get a lifetime ban for celebrating? Who should, why should we stop at lifetime bans? I think it should go beyond life, into death. Think you know why stop at life with bands? I, I don't think you should be allowed to celebrate in the afterlife either. To be honest, I think it's you know it's just it's just the way in which the world works these days in football, isn't it? I think just no celebrating. Just you're gonna put in pop signs everywhere you know, outside the Emirates. No celebrating here, not today. No, thank you. Take your celebration somewhere else, please. Uh, Chris says, hey, Tom, the stats don't show everything. You can have easier games of 19 with easier save stats to make you look good. The eye test is what matters. And Reyes showed again, Ramsdale needs to start. Chris, did you watch the game against Brentford? Because um, that eye test weren't great for Ramsdale. <laughs> you know, it's it's not as if like Ramsdale is this bastion of consistent perfection. You know, so let's not talk about the eye test suggesting that we should definitely be picking one keeper over another. You know, it's it's not as simple as that. Um, Raya made mistakes tonight or last night and Ramsdale's made mistakes too. Uh, I just, the, the, my issue is not about choosing one between the other. My, my fingers aren't pointing at the goalkeepers. I'm not pointing at Raya. I'm not pointing at Ramsdale. My issue with the goalkeeping situation is with Arteta. Um, that that's my, I have my issue is with him and this, this dynamic that's been created. Raya is better than Ramsdale, but he's only better for me marginally. The, the improvement that we've made is marginal. It's not a huge difference. And 
And I think that because of that, because you've only improved that position marginally in a position that is different to any other position on the field, it creates a situation whereby the pressure is greater and any mistake is is emphasised even further. I think if you were going to replace Ramsdale, it probably should have been like a world class, like I'm talking top five goalkeepers in the world. And apparently, according to last season and the statistics and, you know, the ratings, Ramsdale's amongst the top 10 goalkeepers in the world up to last season, the end of last season. So if you were going to replace him, I think you had to replace him with somebody that was absolutely unbelievably good, really experienced, probably into their late 20s, early 30s, and have played at the top level for quite some time. I don't think that was available. And I think that it has utterly destroyed the confidence of Ramsdale and it's having an impact on Raya's ability. So... I don't think it's fair to point the finger at Raya and say he's not good enough because I think there's so much evidence to suggest that he is good enough and he's slightly better than Ramsdale. But, but, the, but, but the, I'm, not fussed, I'm not fussed about that as much as I'm fussed about the situation we've created for ourselves. For ourselves. Now, it's also worth pointing out that the best player, the best goalkeeper in the world make mistakes. Allison made mistakes against Manchester City. You know, those, those clearances that he made towards the end of the game could have lost Liverpool that fixture when he panicked and kicked the ball away. Edison has made mistakes, you know, but Edison for me is probably the best keeper in the world. Um, Allison very close, if not on the same kind of level. You've got other players that, that make errors too. Donnarumma was known as being one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And that's why PSG paid a lot of money for him. Makes mistakes. Didn't look convincing against Newcastle. So, it's not as simple. I remember we did shows looking at Andre Anana. Andre Anana was linked to Arsenal. We did shows looking at his distribution, looking at his save percentages, and he was looking really good. He's come to Manchester United, and the pressure has proven too much. Sometimes it goes beyond the numbers. It can go beyond that. And that's really important to remember, you know. So, for me, it's never going to be about... Um, it's never going to be about the, the goalkeepers individually because the statistics are clear. The stats are clear. The expected goals against are clear. The expected goals conceded are clear, although I'd be very interested to see how that's changed after yesterday's game. It might have changed quite dramatically. But for me, it's, I, I, I'm not pointing fingers at Ram and Ramsdale. I'm pointing fingers at, at Arteta with this situation. I don't really want to linger too much on this topic because it's like, I don't want to look at last night and think goalkeeping debate. You know, I want to think, well, we'll talk about that another day. But at the moment, I want to kind of think about the positives of last night because what it does mean is it means that Arsenal are top of the table by five points with five points clear. You know, just this conversation has, has lost us 100 listeners. <laughs> like, more than 1,300 of you were listening. We start talking about Ram Ramsdale and 100 of you have switched off. And to be honest, I'm not surprised. I don't blame you for switching off. And you may listen back on Catch Up and think, yeah, I switched off because I'm so sick and tired of Arsenal playing to a level and a standard where they come out with a fantastic victory and all we can focus on is the negatives. And I, and I speak to you, I speak to you people in the chat box sometimes. If you come out of those results and your first thought is a negative, maybe the first comment you left on this today's show was a negative, was a criticism. I ask why. You're allowed to be critical. You're allowed to be analytical. You're allowed to be concerned about things. But when we have a result like that, why is a first comment a negative? Why is the first comment you make a criticism? So when you jump into our shows, I'm not saying you're not allowed to be. You are. And I encourage you to be critical and I encourage you to be constructive. But think about when, you, like when, when you've just experienced what you've experienced, you've had the joy of last night. Is the first comment we're going to make in a show, is the first comment we're going to leave, is the first question you're going to ask going to have to be a critical thing? 
just some parallels between that and the referees that have decided to book Arteta for celebrating. I don't mind us having some critical thinking a little bit later on, but I feel like we're so quick to focus in on the negatives all the time. Why do we do that? Ali says football is to be enjoyed, and I, I do tend to agree. There's some horrible things going on in the world right now, you know, and I think that, yeah, you need to focus on some of the positives. Um, otherwise, what's the point? Uh, Chris says, uh, wow, been here for two years. Keep up the good work. Chris, thank you so much for your kind support. Chris has been one of our longest serving listeners in the channel and continues to be. And uh, I look forward, Chris, to hopefully seeing you at our live event, um, as I did uh, uh, the event we did with Ray Parler uh, very recently. Uh, Rob says, is the concept of a foul anywhere else on the pitch actually backed up in the laws of the game? I've always found it a crazy idea. Surely a foul is a foul. VAR was crap again. Pull on the shirt, foul, penalty. I've not really talked about that, have I? I've not really discussed the, um, the penalty incident. For me, if we draw this game, I'm talking about that. I'm not really talking about it because we 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 won, you know. Um, so I'm not talking about it as much. But I thought it was borderline. The Gabriel one, I've not seen enough of. I've not seen enough uh, instances to show me why that was a penalty yet. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, I've had a lot of people turn around and say to me that they felt um, that Gabriel was fouled uh, in that moment. I'll see if I can try and find. How is this not a penalty? I'm looking at Gabriel. I'm rewinding it. Uh, Gabriel. Oh, he's being pulled like by his arm. He can't even get close to the ball, can he? Dives in. He's being pulled. Number two. I'm not sure who number two was. In fact, I have, I have the team sheet, so I can check. Uh, number two was uh, Gabriel Osho um, pulling on Gab uh, Gabriel on Gabriel. Yeah, I think there's a penalty there, isn't it? I think it's a, probably a clear and obvious error. Uh, Rob says, I can't, and thank you for the donation. I can't help but feel there's something non goalkeeper related that's freezing him out. Arteta has shown himself to be very unforgiving uh, with any form of dissent. I don't think it's anything off field, to be honest, uh, at all. It's just my opinion and based upon, you know, rough hearings. I don't think it's to do with anything off field. I think that he just prefers Raya. I really just think it's that. So there you go. Um, Mark says uh, the Gabriel foul was getting pulled away from the ball by his left arm. Is that no longer illegal? Apparently not. Um, Derek says, Tom, very noticeable. We are chasing a goal and Eddie wasn't used. Speaks volumes. Also, we are so short at the back. I don't think this is fair, Derek, to be honest. I think the game state was very much not for Enketia. Enketia is a lot more so like for the Wolves game. Wolves are chasing the game. Wolves need a goal. And so the game's more open. And so Arsenal aren't working in tighter spaces. Whereas at the end of the game, Arsenal are working in tighter spaces and you want a more technical, dynamic uh, striker that can work in those smaller spaces that gives you a little bit more um, in the sense of kind of, you know, trying to cross the ball in or he's really good in the air, is, is Jesus. He'd already scored a header in that game. So I don't think necessarily, Derek, that's very fair. I think Nketiah is very situational and I don't think the situation suited Nketiah yesterday. I think it was more suiting of, of Jesus. Um, but I thought Arteta got the sub spot on. You know, I think Zinchenko needed to come on. He added a lot more to our build-up, a lot more to our progression and, and that was really important. Sorry for the phone buzzing. It's Dan Potts probably moaning about something. Uh, yes, he is. Um, is he says, uh, Havertz is growing on me. I'm starting to see the confidence in his game. And now he is starting to run on the ball, which he wasn't doing before. How good do you think that he can get? Do you think he can get to that Xhaka level? I think he's different to Xhaka, um, Izzy. I think he's different. 
Uh, I think Jack had evolved at Arsenal last season, obviously added a lot more to his game going forwards and getting into the box and scoring. Havertz is different because I think he's, his thought process is about where he wants to be. His thought process is about where he wants to move to um, and where he wants to pop up when he scores are so clever. His runs are taking, he's so unselfish, is Havertz. He's such an unselfish player. Again, if you've not watched it back, what back watch back our second goal. Watch Havertz in that situation and watch where he moves. It's really important. Um, and so uh, that's that's what they notice. That's what the club are noticing. That's why they signed him. And they're signing him for the things that we don't necessarily see so immediately. Um, so, yeah, please do watch that back. Watch our goals back and just watch where Havertz is in those moments. Um, process says with Arteta being insistent on keeping a disciplined defensive and attacking shape how much free reign do you think creative players like Erdegaard get to express themselves I think they get a lot I think they work within the confines of the strategy you know I think they are given creative freedom to an extent but need to do their jobs and they are and certain creative phases of play are designed you know certain runs certain situations from set pieces certain situations on counter-attacks, on two-on-ones and three-on-twos and four-on-fours and three-on-threes and three-on-twos. You know, I think they are, they practice so much. They work on so many different situations that there is freedom, but it is within a, it's in a framework that they work within. So I still think they get freedom, but it's kind of controlled chaos, if you like, at times. Uh, DMD says, what a time hitting the winner. Um, just as peeps thought we'd drawn. Indeed, I saw a fantastic meltdown for a Chelsea fan on social media yesterday. That was always enjoyable. One of the most enjoyable things after a result like that is, is watching back the uh, the reactions of the critics, of the people that don't like us. And there's a lot of people that don't like us. And it's great. I enjoy it. I don't want to be liked. I don't want Arsenal to be liked as a club. You know, keep writing us off. Keep putting us down. Because it's going to hurt all that much more when we win. And I'm sure it did for you guys last night. Um, Let's go to Aaron. Says, I have to say, I didn't start as a big fan of Havertz. And I'm still not completely sold yet, but I'm over the moon with this turnaround and the hope continues. And that's all I can ask. That, that's all I can ask, you know, of people that have got their, that are skeptical about Havertz. I criticise the people that wrote him off. I criticise the people that wouldn't back him. I criticise the people that won't celebrate him. I criticise the people that are just done with him after a few games. That's not being a supporter. That's not being a fan. You can have your opinions. You can be critical. You can think that maybe we should assign someone else. That's fine. I was nearly there. I was very critical of that. I was thinking, I'm not sure if this is the right signing, you know, because, you know, we've seen success of players that were on the up, moving in a really positive direction. And I wasn't seeing enough. Maybe I was being short-sighted. Maybe I wasn't being open-minded enough myself. Maybe I need to hold my hands up and say that I wasn't, I didn't give him enough chance. Maybe I, I judged too quickly. But what I didn't do was write him off. I'd never said I wanted him sold. I never said he was terrible. I never said he wasn't good enough. I said I was concerned. But I never get. I never went to that level. And I hope that if you're listening that you aren't one of those that wrote him off. And if you are, I hope that you are and have the front enough to admit that you were wrong to do that. So there's no point in having a mind if you don't change it. You know, as, they, as the saying goes. So please, please be open-minded enough to hold your hands up. Um, Mark says, by the way, uh, some of Havertz's early struggles were blamed on him getting used to our system. And perhaps it also had to do with our players learning where he would be as well. Mark, I think you're spot on. I think that's absolutely right. I think there is a lot of learning. 
a lot of understanding that he's not Xhaka. And, and I think Xhaka's absence also plays a big impact on that. I think Xhaka's exit from the team, such an influential figure, you know, I think he's important to consider in this, is that you lose Xhaka and you bring in a player that's completely, not completely different, but it's got a lot of different characteristics. And so things change and you've got to get to that feeling of when everybody's clicking. And I don't like to use the word clicking because I think clicking is a little bit disingenuous regarding Arsenal as a whole. But I think in regarding individual players, I think individual players can click, but I think this Arsenal team is growing and evolving gradually. It's not going to click at some point. I think it's just getting better and it's learning and it's going to improve. But I think for certain players, it's saying click, it can click. And I think it has clicked for Havertz. Click, click, click. I can't stop saying it now. Um, Aaron says, uh, yeah, Tom, you're a consistent fella. I'll give you that. It's not necessarily about being consistent in everything. And I think sometimes people get obsessed with the idea of being wrong. You know, I mean, in the last year, I've got a lot more into to politics and stuff. And I'm not going to go into that, but learning and stuff more about politics and getting into that. And I think there's such a fear about being proven wrong. There's such a fear about having a position on something and getting proven wrong and made to look silly. But I don't think you should be in that way inclined. I don't think you can be that way inclined unless you are intent on looking silly. I think that those that look silliest are those that never change their view. Those that stand by something to a fault. They're the people that look silly. Changing your mind is how you stay right. And it's not about changing your mind to suit the situation. It's about holding your hands up and admitting that you got something wrong. And that's when you change your mind. And that's when you look like an adult. That's when you look like a grown-up is when you can hold your hands up and say, you know what? I was wrong. I apologize. I judged too quickly. I made silly comments and I shouldn't have done that. Maybe some people crossed the line even further. I've got an interview going out with an invincible on football.london in maybe tomorrow, actually. And we actually talk a lot about the abuse um, that some players have suffered. We talk a lot about the abuse that fans engage with and suffer on social media. Um, and it was an absolute joy to speak to this Invincible about that. He's someone that I've wanted to speak to for a very long time. And that interview will be coming out in the next 24 to 48 hours. So I'll, I'll lean you in that direction when it arrives. Um, it's so important um, to, to discuss the need to have an open mind. It's not to say that you can't have an opinion. It's not to say that you can't have freedom of speech, as I always say, to steal James O'Brien's words. Um, freedom of speech is not freedom from scrutiny. And it's not the only thing that's consistent that I think that that's worthy of the phrase that, that any praise towards my consistency is a consistent view of being open to being proven wrong or being a person that does hold their hands up when they get something wrong. Um, and I will do that whenever I need to do that. And the biggest the biggest weapon against that is a terminology like flip-flops. Judges gets called a flip-flop quite a lot. I hate that phrase. I hate it when people call people flip-flops because it's, again, another strategy that's often used to deter people from being proud, like, so, to deter people away from not being proud in their view. Don't be so principled and stubborn. Like, don't be critical of Arteta being a stubborn coach and then be stubborn yourself. There's a lot of hypocrisy that comes from that. So you need to be able to be in a position where you can go, you know what? Fair play. I've got that wrong. And uh, Arteta's, Arteta's proved me wrong or Havertz has proven me wrong or Ray or Ramsdale or Edu or, you know, loads of people, Gabby Jesus uh, and Ketia, whoever, you know, 
They're proving me wrong in certain times. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes you'll feel justified. Sometimes you'll feel vindicated in that view. And it's great. It feels great. Being right's great. You know, it's not play out like it, it doesn't feel great to be right. Um, it does. I love being right. It's one of my greatest traits, being right. <laughs> but you know why I'm right so often? It's because I'm willing to change my mind. You know, that is that is how you become right more, more so than often is by being open and changing your mind. Because you may have said that Havertz need to be sold a few weeks ago. You may have been saying, sell him in January, not good enough, terrible player. I think you're being proven wrong. But guess what? You don't have to be wrong anymore because you can go, no, I got that wrong about Havertz. I take that back. I was too quick to judge. And so therefore, I'd like to retract that and uh, and say now, actually, upon consideration, he's doing quite well. And I'm really excited to see what Kai Havertz does at Arsenal. Guess what? You've just moved into an area of being right. And there's nothing to be ashamed of about changing your opinion on something. Nothing to be ashamed of about that at all. So please don't feel ashamed. Social media is the biggest weapon against that as well, because what you wrote three, five, six, 10, 15, even 20 years ago these days is on the internet and it's there forever unless you delete it. And even in some cases when you delete it, it's still there. And I don't, I often don't think that people should be judged on things they've said years ago, a year ago, sometimes even a month ago, sometimes a week ago, because between the time of them saying that thing and now they may have learned something new within that time. They have may have gone through an experience that changes them as a person. And I don't think they should necessarily be judged. People should be given the opportunity of a second chance. They shouldn't be cancelled. They should be allowed the opportunity to change their minds, to change their view, to change their way of life if they need to. So, yeah, social media is a big weapon, unfortunately, against that of documenting things that you've said and done in the past. If you're willing to change, do it for the better. Um, let's go to boom, 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 boom. Uh, LMS says, I was wrong. Lol. <laughs> uh, there you go. We've already we've got a, we've got a, a converter. There you go. Uh, Processes. Thank you, Tom, uh, for showing us that one can be successful at YouTube without being abusive and controversial. That is certainly something I always strive to try and not do. It's a quick way to success, quick way to views, quick way to subs is to shout and scream and get angry. Um, it gets you places. Trust me. It's it's a proven it's a proven way of succeeding. You get a lot of subs that way. You can get a lot of views that way. You can get a career that way. Um, I wouldn't feel too great about that myself. Uh, Fuad says, now that you mention it, I do get a bit of James O'Brien from you, Tom. We should change it to LBC Gunatal. I know that James doesn't always inspire support from everybody, which is fine. I personally, he's definitely probably my journalistic idol. I got called James O'Brien in a comment section the other day. Um, I take it as a compliment. That person aimed it as a compliment. I got called it the other day and it was aimed as an insult. Um, so I know that he splits opinion. Um, but uh, I think that he's very measured. And what he does do is he asks for evidence. He asks for examples. Can be quite condescending. And I think I can be quite condescending as well. So I think that probably goes uh, across uh, both of us. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um, John says, LGC, leading Guna conversation. <laughs> Indeed. Um, John says, not changing your mind in the light of facts proving the opposite. That's called being part of a cult. <laughs> Going a bit far now, aren't we? Um, and Fuad says, no, I'm a big fan of, of his since a long time. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and listening. Um, if I can leave you with a plug, please go and listen. If, if you're wondering who James O'Brien is, for some people that don't know, LBC uploaded a clip to YouTube of a, I think it was an Irish guy talking about um, the recent changes 
that are going to bring in a £38,000 minimum wage um, requirement for immigrants. Um, I recommend going and watching that video. I listened to it yesterday and it made me very angry, very upset and very angry um, for, for the right reasons. Um, so I recommend going and watching that clip back. It should be on the LBC YouTube channel, I think. So go back and, and watch that with my recommendation of viewing today. So yeah, go and go and watch that. Um, but thank you so much, guys, for listening and tuning in. You are all very much appreciated. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Uh, I hope... Um, that you can all indeed be joyful and uh, appreciative of what we witnessed last night. Don't focus too much on the negatives. Um, Nathan says, how do I become a member? Fantastic question, Nathan. There's a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, there is a link down in the link tree in the video description. Go to our link tree that is in the video description and it will take you to another page and there somewhere it will say Discord and memberships. Click that and it should be able to take you to it. You may need to do it on your laptop. Sometimes it takes going to your laptop um to do it so i'd recommend going there if you can um thank you everybody for listening uh stay safe stay well enjoy your tuesday i think uh, your wednesday sorry i think i'm going to be live on potsy's show this evening it's always a divisive one that one i can't say i don't enjoy it because i do i do enjoy that show i know that not everybody on that show is to everybody's taste um, but I hope that I always put across my measured and objective view as best I can on it. Um, so do drop into the chat box. Seven o'clock tonight, I believe that's going to be. So yeah, join us at seven o'clock tonight on the 12th Man podcast, which is Potsy's channel, um, for a very interesting conversation. Um, so yeah, I look forward to that one. Um, but thank you for listening. Drop a like if you haven't done so already. Thank you to over a thousand of you that have listened. Amazing support as always. And I will see you tomorrow morning uh, for the next one. And hopefully some reactions to some Premier League chaos this evening. Have a great day. Stay safe. Stay well. And as always, as I've said about 17 times today already, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.